We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackey, who didn't do shit. He just, he just sits there and looks pretty. This is the O-Line Committee. Yeah, who likes football? I like football. I love fucking football. Oh, football. Love and it. as Jeremiah pointed out on one of our film reviews, which you can find over at the uh, O-Line Committee YouTube channel, this is pretty much a six-month stretch where we have football every single week, right? We don't, we, we don't have a week without football until, like, Valentine's Day. Don't even at talk this about point. it. Why would you even talk about it? Oh, so, fantastic. I can't wait. So happy. Such Nothing a blast. makes me happier than watching football. Besides well, my kids. Uh, well, Maybe. that's debatable sometimes. There <sighs> are times. I'm a bad parent on Sundays. I'm just a, I'm just a bad parent. Right? I'm it's just like, going to oh, say it. You want to watch your iPad? Sure. You want to go outside with no parental supervision? Yeah, there's someone out there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Could be a stranger, but whatever. You'll, you'll find listen, your way back. Listen, listen. Sure. I'm cool with all of that. Just don't do the iPad one, please. I'm telling no, you. No, right we don't now, we don't do the iPad. Over and you're like <laughs> the neighbors all get phones and our kids still don't have them and it's like, how come we can't get them? It's like this is why. Wait, how like, old do you need your kids to be before you get them like an iPhone or something? Or a smartphone? Probably. Yeah, 16. high school. Uh, why where you are always with me. I drive you and drop <laughs> you off and then I come pick you up. Why do I not know where you are? Where are you going that I don't know where you are? I coach all your sports. I'm everywhere, dude. If there's was, a camp out, it's in our backyard. It happens every year. I, I'm confused. Where are you going that you need a phone? What, what, how like, old were you guys when you guys got so? What was your first cell phone? I had to share one, and I was 18. And I had to share one with my brother. You were 18? Dude, I, I think I was, I was young. I think I was pretty old. That's pretty old to be getting a phone. I think I was 14, and it was like the blue blue light like samsung that like had That's snake on was. it yeah snake the, T, the t12 like t9 texting dude i used to be able to sit on my desk and have full-blown conversations like i didn't even have to look at it just, just. Uh, those it's great because you could like feel the dot on the five i had one of those little nokia those i don't even know the nokia somethings but they were like you know the size of a like an eraser or something yes. right but you but you had the dot on the five and you could just kind of go boom 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 because each number had the three letters right, right. so you yep. would, you'd have to be oh, like yeah. Jay. We were all geniuses of it. We were oh. masterminds. But I, my brother got to keep the phone. I didn't get to keep it. So I had to go no. at like night. I had to go check for all my text messages. Again, Never trustworthy. Never where trustworthy. Where were we going? I mean, but our situation was a little different. I mean, we were big boys and, you know, 
no dad around, so it was like we trying to do whatever we wanted. It's great. Well, we're glad you guys have stumbled into the O-Line Committee podcast here, uh, a trenches perspective on football where we just talk about late 90s cell phones here. This is the only show in America where an idiot fan like me gets to lob dumb questions at guys like Jeremiah and Alex who played a long time in the NFL. Please click the like and the subscribe button on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel if you could. Uh, we're almost to 5,000 subscribers as we sit here. We're over 4,500. Just uh, the first summer that we put these episodes out. And then on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, a five-star rating and a positive review. We'll get to dumb football questions, but uh, let's start with three big football headlines for you guys. I'll throw out some headlines. You guys tell me what you think. We'll kick it around. Um, This one I thought was pretty interesting. It's really early to be making this announcement considering how raw this prospect was sort of pumped up to be. Anthony Richardson was named the Colts' starting quarterback for week one, three and a half weeks before the season started. Uh, you know, it. going into the draft process, he was putting up some of the most ridiculous testing numbers we've ever seen. He's got just he's like six foot four, two hundred fifty five pounds of four three forty. Do you guys think it's a little aggressive to just throw him in the fire week one, or are you good with this? Go ahead, you mean, I, I think if you draft a guy that high, like you draft to do that high, you're gonna live and die with him regardless, right? So you might as well be like, hey, we're gonna put this guy out here, and you got to frame it right. Like, hey, we understand he's raw. We understand we're going to take our lumps, but like we think he could be great, right? And I bet you the example they're going to use, and you're going to hear this, is he's just like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. He's just like Josh Allen, right? Josh had to play as a rookie. He struggled. He had his ups and downs, but look where he is now, right? That's going to be the projection that everyone's going to look at. That's going to be the comparison that everyone's going to look at. I don't know if I agree with it. He's a freak show. He's incredible. I think his arm talent is ridiculous. I don't think he has the accuracy yet. But if he can get the right coaching and he can get the right scheme and everything put together, he has the makings to be an absolutely incredible player. Couldn't agree with you more. I'm definitely not going to compare him to Josh Allen. Not even close to yet. Still just a rookie. But if you but look at what like Josh did as a rookie, though, it was bad. I, like I Josh, agree. I was with him. I was in 2018. I was in Buffalo. He was bad. Right. But like, you saw it every week. He was getting better. He had the chances, like, and I think that's what you're going to see. They're not going to win a lot of games this year. That's not a no, good but team. That, but that's what you need to come out and say right away, and that's why Correct. I like the fact that they named him starter right now. It's because they're like, listen, this is our guy. There is no more question, right? We're not rolling out with Gardner Minshew. It ain't happening. Nobody came here to play with Gardner Minshew. That's just not what this is. And I had to play with time, Gardner Minshew. No, <laughs> you didn't. You came to play with Anthony Richardson because you're <laughs> like, hey, listen, while this kid is young, and we've talked about it on the show, you're going to have to take your licks, dude. You're going to have mm-hmm. to figure this league out. At the same time, that's just the situation you're in. You are clearly the best capable starting quarterback right now for this team. Why? Because you can throw the shit out of the ball, and you're a really good runner. I just saw you stiff arm a defensive end and keep running. Like These are the things that when you look at him, you're like, okay, he's definitely our starter. This guy could be planted out there, and we can make things work. Is he going to take a lot of sacks? Probably. Is he going to learn along the way? Of course he is. But like Jay said, as long as the team sees him learning every week and going, hey, I saw I made that throw, like the interception in the game he made. Hey, I saw I made this throw. I hesitated. I won't do that again. And as long as he doesn't do it again, I'm cool with it, right? Like, I got that going in. Hey, guys, we put a lot of value into this guy. We drafted him very early. We need you guys to rise up with him. That's a whole new situation. That's a, hey, okay, he's coming along with us. We're going to take him. We're going to show him what we know. But it's our job up front to protect him at all costs. Like, you know going in. It's a rookie. 
this dude gets hit, we could ruin his career. At the same time, we could ruin our season, guys. Let's not do that. Let's go out and let's put a good foot out there and be like, whatever comes up here is our problem. You just handle the routes. We will handle all protections. You know Ryan Kelly's up there situating everybody. Hey, you just worry about the routes. We'll take care of everything. And I'm all about this situation. I love it. It's a fresh breath of air. It's a new start. It's a, hey, we're going to learn as we go. We're going to figure it out, but we're going to kick a lot of ass while we do it. And we're going to lean on our defense. It leans a lot on the defense, too, to, hey, please put us in good situations. We need a couple turnovers. We need some stops. We need you guys to show up, and we'll take care of the young buck in the back, right? As long as well, we can get Jonathan Taylor back, too. Hey, that's another that's, thing, That's dude. a big one. Like, you got to figure that out. This you want to have now. your bell cow. You want to have your bell cow that you can take some pressure off not having to make him back there and <clears throat> have to run. Lean on him. Like, you want to lean on that dude, but you got to pay him. If you're going to lean on him, you got to pay him. So, real quick, back to Richardson for a second. So, you you guys have, I mean, like, Jay, you played with Phillip Rivers. Mm -hmm. Alex, you've played with veteran quarterbacks, Sam Bradford, and, like, Alex Smith, right? I'm pretty sure you played with him. Carson Palmer. Right, Carson Palmer. So, when you're going from playing with a guy that's been in the league for 10 years, borderline Hall of Famers, whatever, to having a guy come in here that might not know really anything, I mean, he's – He's being thrown in the fire. What is it like for veteran offensive linemen when a rookie quarterback is thrown into the mess like this? It's a lot of what we just talked about. It's the vets getting together and going, hey, going to the OC and saying, hey, we'll take a lot of this protection off of you. Our O-line coach and us are going to come together every week. We will have a formula for you. We will let you know exactly what's going on because it takes a huge part of it off of his plate. It says, hey, you don't have to worry about these seven guys right here. All you got to worry about is those four. And if you see something remotely crazy that we don't, and believe me, we're looking really hard. Like we are fine-tuned, combing everything. Like what is this? What does this safety look? Who is this guy? Where is he from? What is he good at? Like it just puts a lot more on us but at the same time that's where we become comfortable jay knows how to teach offenses better than anyone because this is what we did we sat in these rooms and we said hey you don't have to worry about this we will take this from you and we promise you won't get hit and if for any reason you don't like what we're doing you can trump us but just know that we have your best interest at heart clearly like and we know that going in when you play with a 10-year vet a lot of it is just smooth right it's a right off the tongue everybody knows what we're doing in this it's a lot more of us talking to each other hey 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 what are we doing you see that right yeah yeah i see it i see it hey he's coming down all right hey kill this hey let him know we're killing this hey young buck we're killing this we're going this way we're just letting you know like you're good the routes are all the same. Everything stays the same. Running back might move over, and all of a sudden we go to it, right? It just takes a lot off of him. Don't worry about what's going on up front. You just worry about what's going on down there, and it just makes them comfortable. Now, when they start getting hit a little bit, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, what the hell are y'all doing? <laughs> all right, well, hey, we guessed wrong a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. We got, will, we're coming back. I'm going to say this, though. He doesn't have – he has two very young tackles. Huh? Right, and that's going to be an issue, right? Yeah. I watched Blake Freeland, a third-round pick out of BYU. He's the reason he threw that interception. They ran a simple play action. Blake Freeland let the defensive end go, kicked out to the linebacker the running back was supposed to have, and that DN smoked Richardson, right? You looked at Bernard Raymond. He was a first-year starter last year. He should take a big jump this year, but again, only a second-year starter at left tackle. So you've got really good vets in the interior, right? You've got Brian Kelly, Will Freeze, and then you have Quentin Nelson, but your tackle position is going to be really shaky, and that can be hard for a quarterback. And that's why I think as an OC, you're like, okay, quick outs, get the ball out of his hand. Let's make sure we can stay in front of the sticks. But, again, that all goes back to having a really dominant run game Ooh. with Jonathan Taylor and all of that. So, you know, that's it's going to be interesting to see how they put that offense together. I mean, I think you'll see a lot more RPOs because you do have a quarterback that can move and can run compared to 
I mean, the last three quarterbacks that have came into Indianapolis have all been old, decrepit, can barely move, right? <laughs> I mean, you go Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, and then Matt Ryan. Like, they ain't moving off the spot, right? No. So I think we'll see some more movement. I mean, again, he's coming from Indianapolis – or coming from Philadelphia, right? I mean, he came from Philly. He worked with Jalen Hurts. He understands the move quarterback, understands how to get him on the run, how to get him quick reads. I think that dynamic there is what's going to make Anthony Richardson really good or not. And to talk to the business side of it, now you understand why Jonathan Taylor has such leverage. Yeah. Because he realizes at the same time, hey, you thought I got a lot of carries last year. I'm about to get double that this year because you're going to need me to be a huge piece of this RPO offense. If they don't fear me, there is no RPO. Right? It's RPO only works when the running back rushes for over 100 every week and a touchdown because then all of a sudden defenses are like, okay, well, we certainly can't do that. We can't give up all that time. We can't give up these points. How are we going to stop this? And at the same time, if they're like, yeah, their running back sucks, they're like, all right, well, we're just going gonna, gonna to chill. We'll let them just waste all the time they want. We'll let them just do whatever they want. He can dangle and run around and get hit and smoked, and the quarterback's going to get hit all the time. It's just there's no level of urgency. There's no fear factor of the run game, and that's why Jonathan's like, you definitely need me now more than ever, and you are going to have to do something. Uh, big headline number two here for you guys. Your guy, Zach Martin, one of the best oh, guards in the it. National Football League, gets $36 million. I love how we went from – so he holds out, and Jerry Jones is like, uh, F him. Sorry. Not my fault. Uh, what we're going to do here, yeah. Sorry. I can't find, can't find any money anywhere in the in the couch cushions of our salary cap. You know what uh, that he means? He gets $36 million guaranteed the next two years. Here's what that means. Whoever was playing that position while he was out really sucks. And they were like, oh, shit. We definitely can't have any problems. Jerry, retract your previous Jer, statement. Jer. Jer. Somebody go find him. He's probably on his boat. Jer. Yeah. Claim, Jer. Dementia, claim dementia. Claim that you didn't know which way was up and you put right? ketchup on your freaking whatever. Hey, and we like, guessed wrong just, about yeah. this other guy. We guessed way wrong. We need him back. Huge part. Like he was. Zach was probably sitting at home. Like, who is it? Who's called Jer? Is that Jer? I'll tell you what. I'll call him back. Babe, round up the kids. We're going to dinner. Sizzler tonight. <laughs> Big night. So what did he wind up eating? What like was it five? Did he get to like a half million dollars in fines? I think it was He's... close. Probably five. Close to five fifty. I mean, who cares? Oh, dude. Who cares? You won, dude. You got. And not only that, but you got the owner to like retract all his previous comments. Like sometimes. And, and I love all of them. I do. They gave us all great jobs and great lives. But sometimes when you walk in there as a businessman, you're like, you shake their hand. You're kind of like, I told you you'd call me. I promise <laughs> you, you would, you would call me before I called you. I just, I'm confirming that you understand that this handshake means that. And then you're kind of like, no matter what anyone says forever, I took a billionaire and he had to shake my hand. Like, it's a powerful thing to do, man. Dude, and you know, know what? This is a win for guards. Because guards, 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 running back. We'll get to a running back thing here, too. You know, we got to get our tackles, our receivers, our quarterbacks. No one talks about guards. It's a win for all O-line. We we are not individuals. We are a unit. It is a win for all O-line everywhere because it just proves, once again, that no matter what you say about this game, you need us more than anything. No matter what. You just say that. I'm just letting you know. No. Okay. Headline number three here, kind of in a similar uh, bin. Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott both found new homes in the same division. Zeke Elliott Patriots, Dalvin Cook Jets. So my question off this headline for you guys is, do you think running backs are getting screwed or colluded against by the system and by the owners and the teams in the NFL? They're not getting colluded or screwed. It's just the nature of what the position is right now. You see it. It happens, right? I mean, you, you, you can thank guys like Todd Gurley, 
You can thank guys like Melvin Gordon. Like, you can thank these dudes that signed mega monster deals. Zeke's one of them. Right. And then their play just went, right? Like, the NFL's not stupid. They're constantly studying what's going on around the league. They're constantly looking at trends. They're constantly looking at who's the money, who's making what. And then they're also looking at, like, okay, who's having to eat all that money when that player sucks? Right. Right. Like who's having to eat that when all of a sudden he's not who he was and you yeah. paid him you paid him eighteen million dollars and he's running back like a, a fifth rounder is outperforming him as a rookie. Right. And so that's just part of what the position has turned into. I think that you're always gonna pay a good running back around that six to eight million dollars. Like I think that's as high as those guys are gonna get. Right. Like I think you see Saquon signed for eleven, like that's gonna be the top end of everything. Right. But the other thing is you're not going to see – I don't think you're going to see a lot more of three- and four-year extensions for running backs. I think that you're going to see more of one- to two-year, a little bit more money up front, and then it's like, once we get there again, let's reassess. Because, right. like, for example, the Dalvin Cook deal in Minnesota, they locked themselves into a deal where they, A, couldn't afford him anymore. Yeah. Like, they just couldn't afford him anymore. So let's not try and – and then you have to eat some dead money in that, too. And like, then feelings come into it. It's like, the, at the end of the day, the Vikings probably would have paid him 7 or $8 million. But then it's like, but there's feelings over the cut, right? It's pride. So, it's pride. Yeah. Like, I'm not going back to you hat in hand. Like, I, no, I don't need to. We just talked about right? it. But I am yeah. – the Jets signing surprised me a little bit. They must – Brees Hall must not be back to what he needed to be. That's well, he my, was before the injury. He was one of the five or six best running backs, maybe one of the three best running backs in the NFL. That I mean, when you pay Dalvin Cook eight and a half, like you're not you're not bringing him in there to be number two, right? He's not a number two running back with that. So Brees Hall must be behind the eight ball in his rehab or not looking to where he needs to be, um, based off of that signing. That's what I think in my mind. I also think the Zeke Elliott signing for the Patriots is he's just going to be a fantasy stealer. He's not going to play a lot. He's going to get inside exactly. the three-yard line. He's going to have eight yards and four touchdowns. LeGarrette and everyone's going to be pissed off. Yeah, he's going to be LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. <laughs> They've been doing that for years and years and years and years and years. Like, that's his MO. I have five running backs on the roster. You don't know when I'm going to put them in. I'm just going to put them in and do all different things. One's into pass block. One's into run from the five in. One's ten in. Like, they all have different roles. So, that to me doesn't surprise me. But the Jets thing, a little bit surprising, especially because, like you said, Brees Hall was one of the best. And to watch but at the same time, it's kind of like if you can get one of the top running backs on the market right now and have two different styles of running backs and not only that, like be able to feature both of them at the same time with Aaron Rodgers in the backfield, I would mm -hmm. too if I had the cap space. Absolutely. Which, let's talk about why they had the cap space. Hey. Aaron Rodgers took a pay cut. Hey, right? now. You can't, you can't sign Dalvin Cook to that if Aaron Rodgers is making 50, right? right? You can't. You sign that guy to eight, and you still leave yourself some wiggle room to go find some more players that want to be in there, right? I mean, that's right. a that signing is all predicated off what Aaron Rodgers did a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he told I'll, I'll, him, get me some people. I yeah. need more people. And he might need one, more. At, he might need a couple, here's the thing. couple offensive we, linemen too. Before we, uh, we all kind of agree, we all kind of agree that there is too much talent for one team, right? We all we've all said that. That has its tiny little asterisk in the corner that says when your quarterback is a guaranteed Hall of Famer you all follow his role. So no matter how badass you think you are, you're never more badass than that one dude right there. So if he's super chill, that means you're super chill, right? Because he's just going to be like, hey, stupid, shut up. You don't see me talking. Why are you talking? Stop. You know, you know what's funny about that? I don't know if you guys have watched the first two episodes of Hard Knocks yet. No. So I have. I'm, I, I, I watched the second one. What do you mean you refuse to? I don't watch that. It's, it's, it's Why? No, it's elaborate. interesting. Elaborate. 
I get sad. Okay? Refuse is a big word. Elaborate. I refuse to. I get sad watching that stuff. I start turning it on and I start remembering all the games that we played and then all the silly, stupid things that we did. And I'm like, God, man. So I it's can't triggering. Do this. For, it's like triggering for you. It is hard. It's an emotional it, trigger for Alex. They start laughing like we used to laugh. And I'm like, I remember that laugh. I remember that's the you're an idiot laugh. I remember that. I don't get to do that anymore. And they're like cussing each other out. You're it's like, too fresh still. I feel like Jeremiah's kind of moved on, uh, Alex. It's too fresh for you. How about one more comeback, dude? Let's do it one, one more time. Let's put 60 pounds back on. I've seen that knees. The, wa- the amount of waivers hey. he would have to put on his body in order to get back in the league. They'd basically be like, listen. You're going to die out here, and it's not going to be our fault, and we're not going to have to pay you anything. But if you want to sign it, you can. And he'd be like, yeah, sure. And Dana would be like, hey, Booner, you idiot. You have a family. You have a family and children and a wife that sometimes loves you. Like, you should just stay home. Very minimal time. Minimal times. Oh my gosh! I don't. Even, I guess what I was gonna say is Rogers is super calm, chill, and fun during like the practices and the films. But then, like when things are going poorly in the joint practices or the games, he gets he he can get a little. I don't he's know, a little spicy. A little front runnery. Like he'll start throwing guys under the bus a little bit. Yeah, he's the first to kind of be like, "Hey, you know, I, it's not my fault." But anyways, it's time for some dumb football questions here, gentlemen. Our gra- wow, our graphics department again is just. On having fire. a field day this On week. Fire. Yeah. I got oh a couple dumb God. football questions from the audience here. And by the way, we're uh we're carving recording plans for the actual season where we're gonna have a little bit more space to explore. We're kind of cramming some of the stuff into like a shorter time, but we will explore more more space once the season starts. Let's start with T Man Tom here with his dumb football question in the YouTube comment section. What's it like when a season ends, particularly after let's say a Tough playoff loss or something like that. What's it like for you guys? You want to take the bad ones? I'll take the good ones. Yeah, I had more bad ones than good ones. Uh, I mean, they're all bad. Like, there's only one team happy at the end of the year, right? There's only one team happy. And it is, it's this feeling when you feel like you had a chance. I'm going to use the 2017 NFC Championship game, for example. Like, we had this feeling we were going to play the Super Bowl in our own stadium. And then all of a sudden, like, it's just over, over. Like, there's no wind down. Right, like it's this giant build up to the game, right? Every playoff game is just that much more important, that much more important. And you're climbing the mountain, climbing the mountain. And then all of a sudden, like, it's just a cliff drop off. Like there's no like wind down. It's just like, all right, boys, see you in April. Right. And it's just this this feeling of like we were so close. We were so close and we were right there and we had everything in front of us to go win a Super Bowl and then it just ends. Right, it just ends. The confetti flies for the other team, and you're getting on the plane going home, and your wife's texting you like, "So when are we leaving for home?" Right, like and it, it, you get in, you clean your locker out the next day, you have a quick exit meeting with your coach, with your free agent, you talk to the GM, and then it's like, "Okay, well, see you in April," and you just go about your merry way. Like it's just such an abrupt ending. Like, there's is. nothing else in life that's just that abrupt. Like I've never come to anything else where it's just like, "Yep, cut scene over, movie done." Like no yeah. end credits. No, like, Apple, like, there's nothing. It's just And you're probably not spending the week while you're preparing for the NFC Championship game and a Super Bowl. You're probably not also preparing for, like, but if we lose, maybe we should, like, you know, have this planned out over here, right? Zero. Zero. There's none of that. When you're in the playoffs, you focused five minutes in front of your face, right? Like, everything is just about five minutes in front of your face. And so when it ends like that, like, you are in this kind of loss like, and I know you probably haven't watched it, but like the Kirk Cousins when he's driving home after the playoff game, where he's like, it just doesn't feel like it should be over. 
Yeah. That's a very real feeling. Maybe like you should stop just, checking it, down on fourth and eight. This shouldn't be over. That shouldn't have happened. Like, Maybe and there's a lot, of, lot of questions that come to mind. Like, did my one play fuck everything up? Like, oh, so much. You start doubting don't. things. Like, you can go into a spiral yeah. really quick for 24 hours after a playoff loss. You know, I actually went back and watched that Eagles uh, loss, the Vikings loss, and I, I did pin it on you specifically, Jeremiah. I did give up a sack yeah. to Fletcher Cox, so that was super upsetting. Oh, my gosh. Super upsetting. What was the score right. when you gave up the sack? 35 to 7, I'm pretty sure. Oh. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I came in in the middle of the third quarter. We didn't run the ball one time. It was my night. Two minute. <laughs> we've been there. Hey, we've all been there. Middle of the third quarter running two minute. You know the game is way out of hand. Way yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but it's like Jay said. It is. A, it's super fast. Abru- and then when you're going upstairs, because I always remember the feeling of like walking upstairs and you just see trash cans full of paper and plays and defenses and everything. And everyone's just throwing everything away and nobody cares about anything. And everyone's super depressed and pissed off. And you're like, so I come back tomorrow, right? And they're like, no, you don't, stupid. We lost. You're like, so I come back in two days then? Like, I'm confused. Do I recover for tomorrow? What do I do? What do you mean we – and he's right. When you do – when you play poorly, because I, I mean, I remember there were some really gut-wrenching ones. We lost to Seattle, obviously, when Richard Sherman did the choke sign. And, I mean, just sitting on the plane being like, there's so many things we could have done better and so many plays that I wish – and we remembered it was going to be so much better than it went and we didn't expect them to do this. And, and the problem is – and this is too like when you're in the middle of a big game like that, you can't sometimes see the tree for the forest. You're 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 seeing everything, and you're like, where is the problem? And then the minute the game's over, you're watching the film, and you're like, am I the dumbest person alive? It's right here. Why? why? It's because in the game, you're like you're you're looking at everything, but what you're supposed to be looking at, you're like, I don't get who's messing this up. And it's so much on the line, and everyone's asking the same question: Where's the problem? And nobody can see it. And the minute we all get on the plane, we're watching it like six at a time, and it's like. You guys all see the problem, right? We all see it now. First play I saw it. And you're like, God, this is destroying me. And then the whole offseason you're thinking about it. And the worst is when you come in, and this really only happened when I came here. I walked in at OTAs, and they were like, oh, get ready for this one. This is going to be great. We're going to talk about all the low lights from last year. And every week they pulled up every single game, like week by week by week. Oh, and they went over painful. every single bad play. So all the new guys knew all the shitty players quickly. Like, all the guys messing up and doing the same exact Did that happen so- anywhere else other than no, no, Minnesota? They, remember, and this is something that I thought about this last week that we should have talked about, and I'm glad it came up like this. There's a saying in the NFL, and this saying bothers me more than anything, water under the bridge. The minute the season's over, they're like, dude, it's water under the bridge. Let it go. And you're like, I can't, though. It's bothering me how much we tried and we just messed up this tiny little thing. Like, it's just, and they're like, dude, water under the bridge. You got to let it go. But the minute I came here and they were like pulling everybody up and, you know, they pulled up like the grade sheets. And I was like, man, they are really, really going hard about last year. They really are mad about last year. They are pissed. But I feel like sometimes the water under the bridge and looking back, once again, I couldn't see it then, but I see it now. It's them going, hey, man, we can't hang on to everything. Right, like we all mess up. We're all human. That's why we play this game. That's why we try as hard as we can. And sometimes you lose by like this much, and it's the most painful thing. And it really is because it sits you forever, just forever on your mind. But the coaches are like, dude, you got to let it go because it will fester into something insanely crazy in your mind. And you're like, I, I don't even know how I got here, but I'm I'm thinking really crazy thoughts now. And I, suddenly, like I remember guys would be like, dude, I just don't think I should play anymore. I, I just think I, I just don't think I can do this. You're like, dude, it's the middle of May. 
They're like, I- I'm just watching that game from December and I'm feeling really some type of, you're like, dude, now I see why they were like water under the bridge. Like, just well, let it go. We'll the, move on. The, the, the other part that's not football related is like, you know that that team will never be the same. Right. Which right. Was, like that, that's another thing. Like in college, you're like, okay, we're going to lose some seniors, but like, I know who my core group's going to be like everything. But like when you, when you finish a game in the NFL, like, you know, that roster is immediately getting turned over. Right. immediately right like mm-hmm. guys are going to be gone and you don't really know and so like you leave and then you leave the facility and then you're like man am i ever going to see that guy again right like am i ever going to am i ever going to run into that human being again that i just spent the last five months every single day with and saw them every day sat in the cold tub know about their family went over to their house and then i may never see them again hey who's someone here's what i want to know from you guys who's someone that you wish you saw more of Someone that, man, I had a great year with that guy, and I haven't seen that guy in a long time because we're not teammates anymore. Do you have anyone like that? You know, there's a guy that weighs, like, super heavy on my mind, and I think about him a lot. My wife brings it up to me that I should call him. But, like, one of the guys, and we didn't always end on the best terms, and a lot of that is this game is such a mental, and it messes with you, right? Like, it makes you really believe at times that you're all brothers, and when someone lets you down, like, they cut the core out, and you're like, dude, this is – well, how could you have done this? But, like, Anthony Davis was one of those guys that was just a great human, great dude, very different and interesting in his own way, and I loved everything about him. But, like, when he when I left and he left, it was, like, one of those, that just like Jay said, I don't think I'll ever see that guy again. And it's kind of, like, hurtful at the same time because you're like, I just spent the last five, six years with this dude, and I'm never going to talk to him again. And you're like, but that's the nature of the beast. And it's weird because we all know that. It's like we all know that we're going to go to different teams and make new friends. And we don't have time to sit around and be like, hey, buddy, how's life? How you been? How you doing? How's the wife? Kids good? And you're like, because <laughs> you're so entrenched with football all day. And when you're not, your wife and kids are on your mind all day. So you're like, I don't have time to do this. And if you run into each other, you end up hugging. And you're like, it's my best friend forever. Your wife's like, I've never heard of this guy. You're like, <laughs> Kidding me? Seen him naked. I know this guy better than anybody. This is my dude. He hangs a little left, huh? Let's go. Uh, doesn't look as good as me, I promise, babe. I, I think for me, I think for me, it's uh, it's Jarek McKinnon. Like Jarek was a guy oh, in sixteen yeah, and seventeen dude. that like we like he grew up with us, right? He wasn't the featured back. Yeah, Adrian was in, and then all of a sudden he was the dude, and he killed it. And he was a guy that was always in meetings. He was always in the O-line meetings with the run game install. Like, we hung out off the field a few times. Like, he came over to the house. Like, him and I came over. He just came over one night, just the two of us, and we just watched football together. Like, and it, it was, like, a weird thing. Like, we weren't great friends, but, like, we had a lot of respect for each other. And, like, I loved hanging out with Jet. Like, I loved hanging out with Jet. And he's a guy that I wish. I still, like, his Snapchats are insane. He's, a, he's, an, <laughs> he's an insane human being. But, like, I love that guy. I love that he's had the success because he got paid in San Fran, got hurt, didn't get to play, and then he went and won a Super Bowl KC, got paid again in KC. Like, just Great super dude. happy for that dude. And that's a guy I wish I hung out with more. Hey, how about this one? And I'll give you one for both of us. Sam Bradford. Sam but, was the dude. Hey, that was our dude. Like, you want to talk about – the big Lebowski, the dude, the dude, he was the <laughs> man. Like he was so, but we all knew that when he was done, he was just going to disappear. Yeah. He, he was, he told us, he was like, listen, don't ever call me. Don't ever text me. And I, every now and then I'll text him and be like, miss you, bro. Does he so, respond? Yeah. Like a yeah, day I shot or two him a text. Later. I went, I went down duck hunting in Oklahoma a couple of years ago and shot him a picture and a text. And I was like, Hey, I'm in the home state. And he was like, man, good to hear from you. Hope all is well. Like, that's he, it. He was just. That's it. That's yeah. all you're that's gonna you get see. out you know, of Sam. And when someone says hope all is well, 
they don't really want you to respond. No, that's not a response Because if they care, if they want to engage, they'll say, how are you? Yeah, how sure. is everything going? If they say hope all is well, it's like, if it's not well, yeah. just, you, you say know, hope, I hope it well. gets well. All you do, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. someone hits you with the hope all is well, it's the double click heart button. And that's yep. it. Yep. It's over. Double click, thumbs up or heart. And that's the end of the conversation. Hey, but, yeah. hey, I will say as a good teammate, I do have to check in with him once a year just to make sure that he's, you know. And Still we, there. We, we got. We should do. We should go see him. He would I'd be, love to go see Sammy. I would. I'd love, love to go see Sammy B. To go see him. Wow. Maybe. Uh, maybe we need a new segment here on O line. We need committee. to go on Re- tour. A reunion That's what we segment. Need to do. We need to go on tour. We need to get oh. Sam to see if he'll do the podcast. That's all. Oh, he would love to come on. Especially. Does he have know. internet where he lives? Would. I don't know if he would. I don't, Does he probably doesn't. I mean, that's like when remember we tried to reach out to Jake Long. Yeah. And we so like we put our so Jake Long played first round pick like mm-hmm. fantastic right he played in the Vikings for Achilles love him we were putting on our we were putting on our camp our first year and we were like hey we need like we need to get a a, a name to come in here and help coach these kids the guy that's been in the league right? that so knows call, us trust that us. knows us trust us so we call we're like it's called Jake right we both played next to him like and so we called Jake Long and he was literally like guys I appreciate it but I've just turned the page I don't want anything to do with football ever again. Wow, he's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. Like, and that's just, and we we're like, dude, totally get totally it, understand. totally respect. And, he, and it's in injuries and yeah, everything. I mean, he right? went through nineteen, 19 surgeries. He almost died surgeries. twice out of staff. Like, brought his way all the way back just to blow his Achilles against Washington Ugh. in twenty sixteen. Like, he literally was just like, I turned the page. Like, I appreciate it, but no thanks. And that's just, I mean, that's the nature of what is so many people walk away from the game feeling that. He's and like, no thanks. Hope all is well. But you know what? And this kind of spins into another Hart. thing. Like, I understand now why so many guys leave hurt. Like, so many guys get broken, and then they just feel like they kind of get, they're like, nobody really appreciates it later. You know what I'm saying? And that was one of the things is, like, part of the camp was to appreciate a lot of the guys that did it before us, like bringing in the Nick Hartwicks and the AQ Shipleys and the Jake Longs and the Joe Thomases. It's kind of like, listen, these guys were the ones before you that did it at such a super high level that you need to start thinking more like they did. And they can teach you just like they did it. And that's one of the things that, like, it hurts because some of the guys you talk to are like, hey, man, I'm good. I really, I'm just, I've given up on that chapter. And you're like, it's so hurtful because I remember seeing them as teammates and they were so excited about the dumbest things. And we were all so excited to just go kill our bodies and destroy it. And now you see them and they're like, I kind of regret a little bit of those decisions. And it makes me feel bad because I was like, I kind of tagged along with you on that ride and I feel bad. And if I would have known you were hurting that bad, I might have told you to stop earlier. You know, like, especially because he tore his Achilles against Washington. And it's like, if I could have prevented that, dude, I wish I would have. And I... Sometimes it just takes you down a weird roller coaster ride, and that's sometimes what the nature of this beast is. It's very emotional. You're with guys all day who are broken and bleeding, and you're you're wiping their tears, and you're like, "Hey, man, it's okay. No one sees you in your helmet, right? Like I know, but that's it. It stays with us, right? And that's why this unit's always so close and so like brotherly with each other, and always looks out for each other, never lets anyone do anything stupid, always has each other's back because you you are broken, and you're looking at the guy like, "Hey, I'm broken too." Let's go out and break each other a little bit more, right? Like, how far can the human body go? I don't know. Let's find out. And, you and, then, let's, and then let's maybe never see each other ever again right. after the season and that's ends. The thing, like, and that's, that's the part. That's the part where it's like that stuff happens in a season, right? Like, yeah. you get you you are in each other's minds. You you've seen each other highs, lows, like, and then all of a sudden it's just like when it ends, it ends. Everyone's gone, yeah. right? And so now like you carry that stuff home with you, and now like. Like, I don't know how guys that didn't have a wife, like, did it, right? Like, my wife was an all-star. Like, I'd come home broken, and she'd be there to help me and help me mentally, physically. Like, 
But these guys that like don't have wives are like that's where you see guys get into trouble because you're looking for someone to have that bond that you had with in the season, and it's when it just ends and it's over. There's this huge void in your life, like a big time void in your life that you have to find something to fill it with, like something yeah. because it's a long time till April. It's a long time till you're back with those dudes again. Screw Looks it, like we get, I'm, we got, back. We, I'm back, dude. 60 pounds, <laughs> you're repping, dude. Let's go. I'm back. Go. I talked myself back into it. <laughs> He's already. He just put on 20 pounds already in dude, this episode. I get so put, excited <laughs> thinking about it. We got, like, we got a homework assignment. We got to track down some of these. Let's let's make a list. Who are we going to track down? Bring them back into your lives. We got to do and, it. Uh, Anthony Davis, Jarek McKinnon, Sam Bradford. If Mike you have Upati. technology oh. that supports this, Mike Upati. We'll get, so, it we'll get it set up. There's uh, there's your dumb football questions, your O-line committee podcast. Um, keep sending us your dumb football questions, too, via the YouTube comment section, and we'll keep getting to as many as we can. And uh, a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, plus click like and subscribe on the O-line committee YouTube channel. This is an offensive line lifestyle and therapy podcast. Phil, yes, Jeremiah, is. Alex. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.